Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. G'day guys, Dill here. This should not come as a surprise to anyone given he's one of the biggest and best sports broadcasters in Australia, but Brian Taylor's podcast, Life of Brian, is absolutely flying at the moment. Recently he's had on James Brayshaw, Tony Jones, his nephew and Sydney midfielder James Rowbottom, and even horse teeth Tommy Sheridan. Life of Brian is not just about the guests, it also provides a great insight behind the scenes of the football media and BT's life away from the mic. He's a very, very quirky man. Who would have thought picking up sticks is so important? The show is hosted by his son Harrison and it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Harrison gives Brian a run for his money. Life of Brian is a clubby sports podcast and it should be in your rotation. IllyXX. G'day guys, welcome back to the show. This week on the pod, how exciting. Not many Collingwood players have featured in this studio before. We had Nick Maxwell on, who was absolutely incredible. One of the best leaders of all time down at the Pies, obviously winning uh, flags and doing everything alike. But a, a new modern era of the Pies. One of my favourite players in the AFL, and I say that most weeks, but I really do mean it in, in this play. Braden Maynard, Bruzzy Maynard. He's as tough as they come. I really, really love the way this guy goes about it. But that wasn't always the case, which you'll find out very soon and early in the podcast. I think I rattled him a little bit there. But uh, yeah, we talked through it all. He's obviously an All-Australian player last year. He's made the switch from 37 to number four this season. And just his early life too, how he got into how he got into footy, what he was like growing up, what he was like in his first few years at the club and how he's developed and changed into the the young, handsome young man he is today and how, how good he's doing. But yeah, it wasn't always the case. It's, it's obvious that we've, we all go through... Um, ups and downs and he shares a lot about some really interesting conversations he had with senior players when he was a young bloke and there's so much to learn for any young player um, or any young person really just growing up and living in the way and, and working out how to do it all so I absolutely love this chat can't thank him enough for his openness and honesty and um, you know what I, I'm not even going to say I think you'll like this one I can almost guarantee you'll like this chat you know what also really helps is when people like and review and share the show. That's actually really, really nice, and it means a lot. So if you do enjoy this episode, make sure you send it over to someone that you think might enjoy it, or if there's a Collingwood supporter out there that you think might enjoy it, or anyone else that might enjoy the podcast, please share it, review it, give it five stars, and um, and subscribe. That that honestly does the most to, to support the show, um, and we really do appreciate it. Got some really cool events coming up as well. Got a bit of a pre-season, uh, sorry, opening round season live event, um, which we're doing. So stay tuned to, on Dylan Friend's Instagram and on the mailing list EDM and also got a bit of more Greens Golf stuff coming to another golf event coming on the 25th of March. So plenty going on. I'm just going to get into the episode now because I'm speaking way too long. Love you all so much, LEXX. Cheers. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handed him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Sheet, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling, well, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Hey, Bruzzy Maynard, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to be on here. It's been a minute. Oh, man, it's exciting. I'm so pumped mm. for this. I've, um, I apologise as well. Like I am normally so good with my calendar. Last week, I had, unfortunately, something happened in a family. We had to postpone, and you've been an absolute um, legend with your time. So I really appreciate you coming in, man. That's right, mate. All good. I'm very excited. Uh, how are you, bro? You look good. You're looking 
Uh, you know, I? I miss that. Like, <laughs> I can't say I ever had it, but I remember when I played footy and you, at that time of the year, pre-season, you're sort of coming towards the end, peak condition. You feel like you're a genuine horse. You look, you feel, you're, you're glowing at the moment. Thank do you. you feel that? Yeah, no, I do feel good. It's <laughs> it's um, it's um, a great time to, yeah, I mean, get around and get around the boys. We, we do train um, quite hard at the moment um, and it's good fun. Like everyone gets around each other. We're we're having real, real good fun when we train, and um, you're feeling fit, you're feeling healthy, um, and then you can enjoy each other's company on the weekend, have a few beers, and whatever that may look like. But the boys, yeah, the boys are looking good. We're fit and firing. Um, I'm feeling good. Probably, yeah, weighing a little bit too heavy, but I feel like that can sometimes happen at the start of, or not the start, in the middle of preseason. So I'm sort of making my way around that and trying to. Yeah, lose a couple of kgs, but I'm feeling good. Like all in all, I'm feeling great mentally, really well. So yeah, it's good. Well. You strike me as one of those guys that like you go in a gym and you look at weights and you're putting it, you're putting it on. Like it's 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 heavy muscle weight. It's not yeah. like you're obviously very lean and fit. It's more like do you try and strip down a bit more? Because I was the opposite. Like I could never hold weight. Yeah, well that's the thing. I feel like I can put on weight really easily, in which yeah. I do in the preseason, but I can also lose it really easily so it's just finding the balance mm. um, and at the moment I'm like I said probably weighing a little bit too heavy but I feel like I can lose that in a, in a quick amount of time where, where so. do you like hold it like where's your in like, my ass in your hips <laughs> <laughs> people say I've got a big ass um, so yeah around, around the ass and around yeah. the hips but is that like from weight so do you think or is it more I like I think so yeah. I think so so sometimes I have to taper off my weights yeah. um, depending on how I'm feeling and at the moment I've sort of tapered off a little bit mm. because I'm weighing it a little bit but it's so but it's, 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 it, I think it's really interesting for people that might not know that stuff you know like yeah. in in pre-seasons especially like there were some days where like younger boys and everyone are doing five day a week sessions and there's other guys that are doing mm. one or two weeks because you just they get too big and too heavy yeah exactly right and i feel like sometimes if you get to those stages you, you do need to do some extra working out whether that's mm. in the water uh doing some swimming extra uh, conditioning so i've been doing some swimming every now and then on my days off over the weekends in the morning and I am I am feeling good, but yeah, there's a bit to, there's a bit of work to do. It's exciting. You don't want to be prime this time of the year anyway. Nah, you want to be sort of nah, working nah. into it. Hey, um, what the hell, man? I am so rattled, right? Last <laughs> end of last year. So I'm a big numbers guy. Yeah. Right. And I think you know where I'm probably going with this, but I'm a massive numbers guy and I sort of when I first sort of came to know who you were, I hated you. Like I actually hated you. Like <laughs> in the nicest way possible, I think. Like yep. I really hated you for some reason. I yeah, just couldn't right. put my finger on it. Like this is back when I was a player. Yeah. Okay. And now you're like my favorite player in the comp. Like I is swear to right? God, I love watching you play. And I think it was just because I always saw something in you. You know when you like sort of are jealous of someone or you hate someone because you probably wish you were something like yeah, that yeah. person. So it's, yeah. it came from a place of admiration. The hate. Yeah. Okay? Right. In a way. Right. 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 And. With your number, you were number 37. I was like, I love this kid, you know, pick, you know, 30s, hard number 37, he's come in and you sort of make that number your own. Yeah. And my favourite number is number four. So I'm sort right. of like thrown now because I'm going, yeah. I love you in the four, but I loved you in the 37. Yeah. No, I love four Where as well. did it? What happened with that? So pretty much number four is my favourite number. Yeah. Always has been. I've always worn it um, in my junior football. Um, it's been my favourite number. Um, and I've just, I felt like, Number 37 was my number and I did um, – I think I did make it something and I do I do love the number quite a lot. But number four, I would change into number four if it was my 15th year or 16th year. Like yeah. my um, goal was to play in number four. Like my dream – sorry, not my goal. My dream was to play in number four for Collingwood. And obviously under circums uh, certain circumstances, sorry, with Brody leaving, I was able to get number four and I couldn't have – 
gone any quicker. Yeah, Brody, obviously, big boy, gone to the gone to the Melbourne Football Club, and um, I do miss the big fella. But yeah, I'm number four now, and I uh, couldn't be happier because I absolutely love the number. I love that man. It suits you so much too, yeah. because I um think that you know I'm a big one with numbers, and uh, especially I talk about it on another podcast we do. I think like in a team certain numbers suit certain things and it's like in you know in like rugby league they yeah. you know the fullback wears number one and, and yeah, those parts yeah. and i always think you need to have sort of your, your heart and soul your toughest player in a number four and that's a compliment to you obviously having that in there i think toby green's another one in that number four yeah. just traditionally grown up it looks up, good as well it look, it's, it's, it's a, a great a, number aesthetically the four, most pleasing five six all great numbers yeah seven i really like too I, I i wore seven at carlton i didn't you know embarrassingly don't think it probably suited me <laughs> as, as well as it suits nat five but it's a great all those numbers are great on the back of the jumper so i'm excited for yeah. it i hope you didn't take that and i know you didn't personally but what did you think when i said i hated you before like as a, did you did you have that sort of feeling <laughs> it's that- funny well i i feel like that's what like many people think of me like when they they don't actually know who i am but when they watch me play football i don't think many people do like me um and i promise to everyone i am a good guy yeah, um, you are. i uh i'm a gentle soul i'm a gentle giant so yeah when people say they don't like me from the way i play football I mean, I can't really do much about that because that's just who I am when I cross the white line. I got a bit of white line fever, that's for sure. But um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one and a funny one when people say um, they don't like me because of the fact of the way I play the game. But um, it is what it is. I can't really control their thoughts and feelings about me. But um, all I know is that I am a good person off the field and I do mean well. Yeah. Oh, oh mate, I think when, when, as we said before, if I, if I say so myself, I think I, like that's where it comes down to is in that admir- the admiration. It's like you, you, it's a similar, I, I put sort of you and Toby in a similar boat sometimes. Yeah. It's like the player that opposition teams, they, yeah. ha- they love to hate. But yep. they would be first picked on someone else's team, yeah. and it's like it's nearly a badge of honor to wear. So I think if for you, if you do feel like that, I don't think that um, people hate you at all. But I think that if there was people out there, it's just because they'd want you on their team themselves. Well, it's obviously. I mean, sometimes I sit back and I go, I do, I do look at players like Toby and other players that are sort of the same as me, and they're just competitive, competitive people. Yeah, like when they when they get out in the field, they're they're totally different, and it's crazy to see some people go from one extreme to the next mm. um, and how that operates mentally. But yeah, I mean, that's just who I am and I wouldn't change it for any other way. Yeah, it's very interesting because when I think you were young, as I was saying before, I'd, and I'd said it 16 times now um, on repeat, but I didn't actually hate you. I was just sort of like, who the fuck is this guy? He's sort of come in, this <laughs> young guy, around. throwing his weight yeah, around. Yeah. There was this sort of notion of the Rat, rat Pack 2.0 yeah. with, you, you know, Dugowie, yourself and Benny yeah. Crocker. But the way you – would that have been a fair representation of who you were at a young age? Like, do you think you were like that then than versus how you are now? Is it a different yeah, sort of person? Absolutely. I I have come a long way and I've learned a lot. And when I first got drafted, um, the list was a lot different. The culture was a lot different. And I got treated probably the right way, even though it was probably the wrong way to go about it in terms of the other player's perspective, but I was sort of walking around. I wasn't arrogant in a way, but I was just going in a way that I shouldn't have been going. Um, I was sort of going out on the weekends, um, hanging out with my mates too much and just doing the wrong things and getting up to a bit of mischief. And the players got a hell of that. Um, And they thought I was just being a little arrogant prick who didn't really, or who took football for granted, sorry. And um, I probably was taking it for granted. Like I didn't really understand um, what it actually took to become an actual AFL player and to do the right thing. So I guess that's just learning, right? Mm. That's I was 18, 19 and all my mates were doing one thing and then I was trying to live this 
AFL lifestyle and trying to get a game and I've had multiple conversations along the way with leaders and all that and I feel like I've come a long way so I'm really grateful for some of the conversations I've had. Yeah well it's incredible man because like I think for for me on an outside perspective only knowing you from from brief sort of encounters and just loving the way you go about it like from that maybe as you said that you were when you were younger to then when you know the captaincy is changing and your name's getting thrown around to be the next captain of the pies we know it's gone the way with darcy but is that leadership and that now like that role responsibility something that you love sort of being a part of yeah absolutely and i feel like i've always had leadership in me on field i've definitely tried to develop that off field and i'm still developing but i feel like i've definitely grown into the man and the player on and off field that i want to that I want to be. Mm. Um, I still like going out with my mates and having a fun time, but I've definitely learned what it takes to get the most out of yourself with your body, mentally and physically. And I've got a lovely person by my side uh, in Jackie, our, our psychologist. Mm. So she's been really good for not only me, but a few of the other boys and the whole team in general. Um, she helped us enormously last year, pretty much yeah, the way we went. It was, it was a tough year mentally and physically for me. Um, there was a few things that I was going through, but like I said, with Jackie by myself, uh, by my side, sorry, she helped me a lot. So yeah. I'm very grateful to have her. Yeah. Is that like on-field stuff or you were? Yeah. So on-field, um, I was just struggling with a few things and then off-field, I actually haven't really opened up about my off-field stuff and mm-hmm. I might I might keep that away yeah, from yeah, today. Yeah, for sure, for but sure. But there has been a few things that I've had to deal with since 27, uh, 2017, sorry. And it's, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel at the yep. moment. I do feel like I've got the right people around me and I've been putting in a shitload of work mm. to get over this, uh, yep. what I've been going through. But, um, mate, I'm feeling good. It doesn't change who yeah. I am. Yeah. But I was in a bit of a hole definitely in 2017, 2018, and it was quite tough, but I decided to come out and speak about it to a few psychologists. But yeah, Jackie's probably been the best for me, and um, I'm definitely seeing a lot at the end of the tunnel. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. Yeah. In terms of before we're talking about growing up and developing a young man, you go through experiences, right? There's not one thing that sort of changes along the way. Like I think mm-hmm. I've been probably guilty of sometimes being like, what are pivotal moments that have got you to where you are? But has there been sort of conversations from, you know, when you were kid or school or even like coming into the club with leaders like Pendlebury and stuff that has sort yep. of fat, like helped you develop along that time? Absolutely. I, um, I've had multiple conversations, like I was saying, and the one that stands out uh, when I got drafted, the first couple of years I was kind of moping around, doing my own thing, not really caring or not really understanding what it took. But then Pendles and the leadership group pretty much pulled me in, had a decent decent chat to me and pretty much just told me that I'm not going in the right direction and I'm going in the direction of my mates and yes it's fine to every now and then go out with your friends and enjoy yourself but I was doing it way too much my work to life balance was not great at all and I didn't understand any of that and I was learning it was all part of learning Mm. but the conversation I had with Pendles we put plans in place um, curfews how many times I went out um, but pretty much that that conversation I had with him um yeah, got me to where I am wow. pretty much today. It did help me a, a shitload. And I don't think he realizes how much it actually did help me. Um, we don't never really speak about it too often, but yeah, it it, it actually helped me a, like a fuckload. So. It's incredible, man. It's crazy how, um, you know, I've, I've had similar conversations along the way and it's for someone to sort of pull you aside, it's not easy because it's mm. not like a comfortable conversation to have no, it's at not. all. And and most of the time as well, you see with these guys like your Pendlebury's and, and whoever they are that you can have these conversations, the respect for them, but you also want to be liked by them. And, yep. you know, I really struggled with that a lot as a young bloke. And I think this is a, a, a good conversation for anyone that's been that age that just wants to go out, have fun and be liked. Mm. It's like you actually just want to be respected at the end of the day exactly by right. these guys. Exactly right. 
like I touched on, like I was I was doing, yeah, my work to life balance wasn't great and I was just doing too much of one thing. And all I had to do was just learn, understand what was needed to be done yeah. and then just put a plan in place to do it. And I was so dedicated and driven to be the best footballer I can be because I absolutely love football um, and I've always loved it. So for me to just throw it away wasn't something I wanted to do, even though I did like having a fun time. But I just had to make a few decisions and I felt like I've yeah I've come a long way 100% man you definitely have and speaking to everyone um how respected you are between the four walls of of the footy clubs um it's pretty incredible man and even from an outside perspective you know I speak to um a lot of players that I don't want to I don't want to give these secrets up of them but they just fucking hate playing on you man yeah they hate it like yeah do you get do you, do you take pride in that yeah, I do take <laughs> absolutely. I do absolutely. Yeah, I guess that's just sort of the player I am. Like, I don't like. Where did it? Getting... Where did the competitiveness come? Like, was it? Is this a, something that you've always had, or is it something that you go in actively working on? No, nah, I've always had it. It's just always been embedded in me. Like, I've got it from my mum and dad's side. Yeah. Um, both very competitive people. We've got a competitive family, and I just hate being beaten, whether it's from playing table tennis, bowling, <laughs> uh, whatever it is. But especially on a footy field, like I will do whatever it takes to not be beaten and I thrive in those situations. That's why I've always thrived in the in the big matchups, especially with Liam Ryan back in the day mm. uh, in twenty eighteen and um, some of the some of the matchups I've also had with Luke Bruce and a few other absolute stars. I, I generally just go out there and I crave it. I do my homework during the week and I feel like I can go out there and um, back myself in and I feel like I get the job done most of the time. I've definitely been beaten a couple of times but yeah, I do thrive in those situations. How, how do you compartmentalize that? Because I know like when I, a lot of people play footy and especially as that backman, you get a job on, you know, a small forward yeah. that week. And sometimes it's all consumed. It's all you can think about. For you, you know, for me, that would sort of spring me into a bit of an anxiety, like funnel of just like fucking hell, this is rattling me because you know how big the job is. But for yeah. you, it sounds like you're like, no, nah, this is, I love this. Yeah, I, love, I live it. for this shit. Yeah. Do you exactly love that? Right. Do you well, love that? I do. <laughs> I do. But I do go through a bit of a, like the whole week, you do think about it quite yeah. often. And like we're, we're a team, team first sort of mentality and team defense is what we focus on. It's not one-on-one. It's mm. every, all in, uh, one in all in, sorry. And so we don't have any one-on-one matchups, but sometimes I did get the role um, to have a one-on-one matchup, but that doesn't mean I focus on him the whole game. I can t- I can go off him, I can do my own thing, but it's just when they're coming forward and they're trying to find that opponent, I've got to be near him and I've got to be playing on him. So I felt like I did it pretty well, but there were there were a few weeks where I had massive opponents and I did get quite anxious. But like I said, like I go into the game knowing that I've done all the homework, mm. and that's why I do love footy so much because I love getting to work. I love knowing what these opponents do week in week out and how they go about it how they kick all their goals so yeah the homework i generally like doing so mentally are you able to give anyone credit yet while you're still in the career because you're still coming up against these guys would you be able to say who are some of your the hardest players to play on or do you still want to keep that no i've always said luke bruce is probably the hardest player i've played on i did play on him when i was in my first sort of couple of years um but he's always been sort of the toughest opponent um why because isn't it so interesting? Like he, he's uh, just always on the move. Always like, on the move. He's not, he's not so the pace. Smart. It's more just he's just, he's he just smart. Yeah, yeah. The, where he places himself, contest to contest, um, he just seems to always lose his opponent, and that's what I felt like was happening every time I played on him. Like he would just lose you, and he was so smart, and he was a part of probably one of the best teams ever. So he had really good players around him, and he just knew 
what they were doing at every second of the game and trying to keep up with that was was really hard and then he could finish like he was such a good finisher so wherever he got the ball he could kick goals from so yeah Luke Bruce then obviously some of the bigger dudes like Buddy Franklin but I I haven't really played like a full game on them whereas Luke Bruce was probably the main Mm. player that I've always had had trouble with yeah like I said I thrive in those situations I love it what was that like lining up because you went to Buddy in the the prelim Yes, I did. How was that? Like that was that was all. Like to to have the confidence from yeah. the coaches and yourself and the coach staff to go like, now we're putting Bruzzy on on Buddy. Like that that speaks volumes. It gives me a lot of confidence, but really it's just another job I've got to do. And like I said, we're we're a team defense, so I did have a lot of help from yeah. other blokes and us backline. We we protect each other and we do have a really strong backline. And yeah. um, if I am getting beaten. Maybe we change up the, uh, the matchups, whereas sometimes how we can play on him. But yeah, I feel like when I get those jobs, especially on the bigger guys, I really have to throw my weight around a lot more than I do with the smaller guys because these guys are bigger than me, stronger than me. But yeah, I, I just find like I, I find a way to get it done and that's the competitive side of me. Like I hate being beaten, so I'll just do whatever I need to do to beat these guys. Mentally as well, like going into these games, like you play on such different opponents, right? Like some... Yeah like the niggle, some don't like the niggle, that sometimes the niggle gets him off the game and then sometimes the niggle can actually bring him into the game. Yeah. Is that something that you found is like a, a little bit of a tidbit yeah, like on a special trigger. guy? It can be. Physicality can be a bit of a trigger for me. Yeah. Um, but I like to breathe while I'm out, out there. Um, if I feel like I'm getting really anxious or stressed and focusing on the outside noise uh, and being the crowd or um, giving away free kicks or whatever it may be, I'll come back to my breath and I take a few deep breaths and then I feel like I come back to myself and then I get physical. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've always done and that's something that I've worked on with Jackie. Yeah, right. Where she's been really great with. So I've, I've definitely learnt on field how to deal with certain situations of the game and it's such a it's such a hard game these days. So it takes a lot out of you. So you need to be you need to be switched on. Yeah, because people want to, like I feel like maybe people in the the outside. I mean, and to be honest, I struggled with this as well a lot. Like you get into sometimes you know like wrestle with an opposition player or something like that. But one that fucking takes so much energy out of you. Two, yeah. you're not focused on the game, and then you've got to get back into it as well. Yeah. Like it can be really. But then again, it can yeah. also be a tactic to get that person out. So there's exactly so many right. different reasons that's yeah. all going my, on. Yeah, my chat, my chat shit out. So I've got the worst chat. You I, got no chat. I've got yeah. no so chat at all. I just call people. <laughs> I actually won't say that, but I've got the worst chat. It's um, it's actually quite embarrassing. So that's why I just stick to the physical side of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We we can uh, we can deal with it. Yeah, we can definitely. deal with that. Um, speaking of that, so like first few years, obviously locking down, playing defender, but now you're one of the most lethal kicks in the comp. Like your left boot's absolutely fucking unbelievable. <laughs> that um, it, one of them really cut me deep this year. Obviously, <laughs> you know that I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Um, against yeah, I do. Uh, the Blues at the end of the season, just straight down the middle. I think to Pendlebury was it? Yeah, to Pendles. Yeah. When yeah. did you start getting like? How did that all come about as well? Obviously, it was always part of your game, but to then actually take the game yeah. on and start doing things because you got you, you you got to lose that fear of making a mistake. Exactly and I think right. that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Is yeah. you can miss a lot of, but you just got to keep going for them. Exactly right, and that's why Fly has been huge. Yeah. for our um for our club. He wants us to make mistakes, uh, mistakes, sorry, and it's the way we move on from them. Um, focus on the next corner, as I like to say to myself, focus on the next 30 seconds. If you make a mistake, it doesn't actually matter. It's just how you move on from it. And it sounds pretty cliche, but 
That's as simple as it mm. is. But I like to be quite decisive when I'm out there playing. If I feel like I'm overcomplicating it or trying to overdo something and trying to pick something off that it's probably not on, then I will make the mistake. But that's that's the thing. Like you've got to make mistakes. You can't not make mistakes. Mm. That's how you move on from them. And I was just lucky enough to get on to that kick in the uh, in the game against Carlton, which which opened him up a little bit. And then we had a few players get out the back, and we ruined a few uh, Carlton's hearts. Yeah, that was, um, I was actually watching footage of that the other day. Just on the screensaver, um, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the crowd though. I didn't realise how loud the crowd was. Mate, it was, was unbelievable. They felt like a grand oh, final, yeah. man. Like it was. It was the it MC was, would have been shaking. It was shaking, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Speaking of those of Jamie Elliott, quickly, like yeah, they obviously um, you know it's fairly clutch play. I think we can everyone can agree on that. The goal oh, yeah. against Essendon. Essendon. And then obviously the, the like what's he he seems like such a quiet sort of guy, but just unassuming. Like is he just one of those really quiet, unassuming but confident sort of people or uh you sort of gotta to get to know him to get the real Jamie and the true Jamie. He he's a great guy. Absolutely love him. Freak at the game. He's just a he's a genuinely good friend and um, I love the way he goes about it. He's not bothered by too much. He's professional in everything he does. Yeah, and he's just a great guy. That's a, that's a great little rap for him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's going well. Awesome. Like he, he's very clutch in the way he goes about it, and he sort of flies under the radar for his leadership. Like the way he handles himself on field and off field is awesome. And yeah, he's going he's going really well, and he's obviously always been a great leader for the club. But I think it did take him a quite quite some time for him to come out of himself. And I feel like he has now and he's absolutely flying. Yeah, love that. Why, just on leadership now you speak about it, but why Darcy Moore? Why is he the captain? Was that a surprise to you? What's that? Was that a surprise? Was that sort of everyone thought that was... He is the perfect man for the job. Like, he, um, the way he handles himself... Have you, you've obviously heard him in the media, the Mate, way he talks to yeah. the media. Oh, I'm um, not surprised, but it's just yeah. interesting to see if anyone nah, else is. Like, like I said, he's the perfect man for the job. He's professional. Um, he's loved by the boys, by all the boys. And the way he goes about it on field, like he's a he's a jet on field. And yeah, he, he knows how to lead a football club and hopefully he can lead us to multiple premierships. And I feel like we've got the right man to do it. Mm, flag pies. Yeah, flag pies. Here we go. Pies. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the club at the moment, like so much has changed in the last yep. couple of years. And as you said even earlier, like from what it used to be like to when you first got there, walking into a club where you got like Eddie Maguire, Nathan Buckley, yep. all these really just names, yeah, yeah, massive names. Yep. And like I, I can imagine that weight of expectation of just like being involved in a, yep. a footy club like that. And now you look at it and you've got um, Craig McRae, who's obviously, you know, a star in his own right playing with, with the Lions. But when I knew... I'm not going to say that I knew Collingwood were going to be good, but two yeah. years earlier, a year earlier, sorry, before you had this season, you did. I remember looking at who also you had as assistant coaches and obviously knowing Bolts from Carlton yeah. days, Lepage had just come from Tigers and then um, Josh Fraser as well I had. And I was like thinking, fuck, like I know these guys are young, but yeah. like they have got an incredible coaching yep. structure. Like it just feels like everyone it's there, and I'm there. sure there's a lot more, yeah. like they just feel like a very strong yeah. group. And we, we still, we did have a very strong group and we still had 12 or 14 players that were a part of the um, 2018 Premiership. Mm. Uh, not Premiership, we didn't win the Premiership, but the 2018 Grand Final, Grand final side. Yeah. Sorry, we should have won the Premiership. Bloody hell. That still, uh, that still hurts yes, today, Yes, we'll get mate. to that later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, we, we had a really good list. And with all due respect, I love Bucks, love Sando, loved all the coaches that were involved. Um, but we just needed a new start. Yeah. And I feel like Riley was able to come in and make a complete change to... He's the... What's club. he? The... He's the GM. GM. So yeah. he, he like oversees all the- Oversees yeah. all that. He made all the changes and it's a credit to him. He was able to get the right people in. We're so lucky we actually had 
Brendan Bolton, um, Fly, uh, Scooter, and um, Justin Leppage, like all the boys that have come in, they've made a serious change. Mm. And if you have good coaches around you, good staff, and just a good club in general, then you're going to have success. Um, and all the boys love working hard. Uh, we had a new head of fitness come in who's made us really fit. So the boys are fit and firing and the club's definitely changed quite a lot to what it was. Yeah. it's well, Like I just remember thinking the decision of putting a new coach in after Buckley was yeah. going to be massive because you had this this club that's gone, you know, Eddie Maguire, Mick Moldhouse, Nathan mm -hmm. Buckley, and you expected that next name to be yep. something big. big. Yeah. And the decision that was made – it was just so – it seemed perfect yeah. now looking back. Like, well, he has got a big name. He does. Craig McCray. He's but, yeah, but you know what I mean? It wasn't – yeah. But people were thinking, oh, wow, like so not who is this guy, but yeah. they definitely had a It was always going to be a hard act to follow, yeah, I think. Like, exactly yeah. right. And But he's come in and he's pretty much planted the seed with what he wants from mm. us and we've been able to deliver it. And the way he coaches and the new game plan, we're all on the same page and we're absolutely flying at the moment. I'm, I'm – Bloody excited to see what we can do this year. Yeah. I think people are doubting us. Really? Yeah. I don't think anyone's are, doubting oh, you at the moment. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my mates yeah. that are doubting us. But <laughs> I, I feel like we're seriously playing some good footy and um, hopefully we can go one better this year. Look, look at the, the, the exciting thing about the AFL next next season is you've got Collingwood, Richmond and Carlton yeah. um, looking. I'll tell you what, Carlton are looking good. Mm. Carlton are looking bloody good. They are. So, I, have you ever played on Charlie Kerno? Do you play on him when you play? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. One of the biggest boys I've ever played on. Yeah. And he's just a genuine athlete, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but I used to be a massive Carlton supporter. So really? I'm, I'm a little bit of a Carlton nuffy Are sometimes. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, loved, loved Cooter. Cooter was my favourite player. Cooter and Dill Buckley posters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always loved Carlton. I barracked them growing up and then I sort of moved to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, You're from Adelaide? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but I moved from Melbourne. I barracked from Melbourne after yes. Carlton for a little bit. but. Yeah, born in Adelaide and have moved from Melbourne, Adelaide multiple times. Yeah, right. But always been a Carlton Nuffy, mate. So it's in uh, it's in the blood. I don't really like him now. No, <laughs> that's yeah, that's not meant to be in your in your blood at all. What was the highlight of last season? Like because oh wow, as I said, there were so many parts where maybe in the media it wasn't perceived that you were going to go as well as you did, and then you just went on this absolute tear heater. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I honestly can't believe it happened. It yeah. never will happen ever again. I don't think it will. What do we win? Twelve games in a row under twelve points or yeah. something. Like that'll never be done again. But I felt like we just grew and grew. But it started in the off season, and we did have a fresh. We just spoke about it. We had a fresh group coming in, head of fitness, coaches, staff, players. But I felt like we were able to bond together quite quickly. Mm. Uh, we we're doing a lot of stuff off field as a group to be able to uh, know each other a bit more. And we learned the game style pretty quickly and um, there's a lot more we actually need to learn and we've been learning that this off-season and pre-season and we're going really well and we're flying. But um, last year, winning 12 games in a row, making it to a prelim, um, with first year with a new coach, new coaching staff, it was unbelievable. And some of the highlights that I've actually rewatched is – I can't believe because in the moment you're like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. And then you sort of go back and watch it and you're like, far out, it actually happened. Yeah. Like, especially the games with Jamie kicking the goal after the siren, the Carlton game. Even a few of the other games like against Gold Coast up there, Adelaide. Just shouldn't have won. In Pendles' 350. Like mm. games that we were behind, most of the games we went into the fourth quarter 20 points or more down and we just found a way. So the grit and the determination from the boys was, uh, yeah, unreal. It's elite. Now – 
you don't have to answer this because I suppose it's yeah. it's into tactics and whatnot. But yeah, I remember right. when Bolts was at Carlton, one thing that he took from Hawthorne, I think, that was like really I'd never really even heard of, but it was like situational training. Yep. And a lot of clubs do this. It's not yeah. like a, a one-off thing, but it was really about, okay, hey, we're five points down in the last quarter. What do we do? Mm. And it's putting yourself in those situations so that you know, fuck, all right, well, we need our score here. We need to hold on to the lead. And yeah. like not a lot of, um, you know, local clubs or anything would actually train those types of scenarios no, of like being down, we're back 50, we got to get kick in. What do we yep. do? Is that something that's like prevalent? Yeah, absolutely. We, we train that flat out during the mm. year. Certain situations of the game, I'm obviously not going to go too yeah, deep into yeah. it, but we we trained it all year, and that's why I feel like that's we why were you so did it. yeah. That's why I feel like we we're so good at it because when push come to shove and we were down five points with a minute to go, we knew exactly what we had to do, and because we, we trained it so much, we do repeat ourselves a lot during the week with game plan, um, being in certain situations. But you got to be repetitive to get the outcome, and I feel like we were doing it so much during the week, and then it was happening in the game. It just literally was always happening we mm. just knew what we had to do and we got it done so well it's even like it we bizarre. spoke about your kick before down the middle that, that as instinctual as that was that's the, the game plan yeah like that's what you you know you have to do well, is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we went off it, the sheet there. i guess it's yeah it is what it is like our coaching staff that's why they're so good like i feel like in my first sort of six five six years we didn't really have any game plan around like those certain situations yeah. and times in the game what what do we do we didn't have people that were all on the same page but i feel like everyone is so clear with what we had to do and the coaches were great with us and their teachers like fly and flying bolts they're great teachers yeah. in the game um so i absolutely love who we have in at the moment and we're we're going well. Yeah, it's exciting. Talk us through some young players that we might see this year feature that people might not know about. Like, who are you excited for? It's a good time of the year to sort of see, like, people coming through or even older yeah. guys that have changed and you think that, you know, might be in for a big primed year. Obviously, everyone knows this bloke, but you can't go past Nick Dacos. Like, oh, the way man. the way he's come back I in. I can't believe I've ever thought it. That, I know. That, that, like, I know. that was one of the most fucked things I've ever seen, I reckon. Yeah, like, he's, he's crazy. The way he's training at the moment and – He's saying, put me in the midfield, put me in the midfield. and I saw that clip the other day. Um, like, I don't even go for Collingwood and I saw that clip the other day. Of yeah, like and Penn. you honestly just have to put him in the midfield. <laughs> like the way he trains and the way he goes about it for a second-year player is the best I've ever seen. Like he, he's tough. He's yeah. so skillful. He's just – he's unbelievable to watch at training and uh, that's a good little rap for you. But I, um, I love the way he goes about it and he's so professional. The way he hits the gym, the way he trains. I even went into the club on my day off today and saw him kicking with his brother and their mate. Um, practicing snapshots and all that stuff so they generally love it mm. and his brother Josh they're both killing it so they're going to be absolutely they're already jets for the club now but they're going to be uh, future leaders and legends of the club how cool is it like have you seen that um, you know Josh obviously on his trajectory like already been a star player playing like how good he was on the wing I think he was in the All-Australian squad but now having them both there like pushing each other to yeah. become better like it seems like there's a bit of that yeah you know, there's, there's, a lot of com- there's a lot of competition between yeah. them both they um Always a training, gulking yeah. comps, uh, everything's a competition, which is quite funny. And they always have a ball in their hand. Yeah. And that's why I think they're so skillful because meetings, just walking around the club, they always have a ball a ball in their hand. Yeah, um, it's quite amazing, but mm. it's um that's what I guess we what you have to do. Hundred percent. Just on Nick Dacos, I think it's it's incredible and we speak about this before about, you know, the first impressions of young guys when they come in confident. Yep. Like that was similar to as you're saying, maybe how 
people perceived you when you first came. But now we're, I, I feel like we're getting a lot better at respecting that yeah. and respecting coming in confidently. Like Absolutely. How good- The culture yeah. in general, and I feel, I don't, I'm not too sure what's happening in other clubs, but I get the feeling that it's changed yeah, a lot mm. since my first year in 2015, 2016. The way people are perceived and seen- has changed a lot. People are allowed to come in and be themselves. Yeah. I mean, if you do come in and you're being a bit over the top and you're not making the right decisions, you will be pulled in the line and had a chat too. But at the same time, you can come in and you can be yourself and mm. no one around the club is putting you down or letting you down. And it's great to see because, yeah, back in the day, it wasn't that great. Well, yeah, that's at every club, mate. And that's mm. very similar to what it was like for me at, at, um, at, at footy clubs all over the place. But I think it comes back to that age-old thing. And this really hit me, I think, like I was, I was um, reading this book that I, I, it's probably the only book I've ever read and I quote it nearly yeah. every week. Darcy <laughs>, laughs because I quote this book. So it's the only book I've ever read. It's yeah, called right. The Mountain Is You. The Mountain Is You. And um, it talks a lot about like, not hatred towards other people, but like jealousy and stuff yeah. like that. And a lot of the time that is just a reflection of that you're not, you're, they're doing something that you wish you yep. were doing yourself. Exactly and right. that's what happens with these yeah. young guys. They come in, you feel threatened, people feel threatened. It's mm. not their club. Like that's what it is. But now you go, no, no, like look inside. This, this this says that says more about me than it actually says about exactly right. the person that it's yeah. involved in. And some um, of the stories, some of the stories I've heard from um, even before I was drafted, like some people getting there, like they they might say something, they might do something that they shouldn't, and it's just like a bit of a war starts. Like mm. someone will get all their stuff taken out of their lock and thrown in the pool, <laughs> or for just being a first year or whatever it may look like. Like those stories that I've heard, I'm like, how did that, how did they allow that? Like, how did that actually happen? So it has come a long bloody way. And a lot of respect to Brody Grundy and a few of the other boys that are in the leadership group that helped change that culturally. Uh, When Brody was in the leadership group, he did do quite a lot of work with that. So he's probably one of the main reasons why that has changed. So um, yeah, respect. Yeah, huge. What about um, younger guys that we might not have even heard of yet? Obviously, yeah, Dave right. So got posters of him on the wall. The new draftees are going really well, training the house down. Mm. Ed, Jacob, Joey Richards from Wangaratta, uh, who actually played in the premiership with Ben Reid last year. A few other boys, um, Callum Moy, played with Callum Moy in the premiership. But Ed, Ed Allen is training the house down. Um, but I feel like our recruiters have really got a good bunch of lads in yeah. and they're training the house down. So there's no real individual standouts. Um, they're all they're all training well. It's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, keep them on the You were saying before, and that I, I hope that um, you weren't joking, but you listen to a couple of the pods. Which I do. This, 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 that's do. very heartwarming. I do appreciate that. Because back to – I don't want to keep harping on this, but do you know how fucking – much when I first started this, I used to think, oh my God, I, I would have thought- you got to listen to this? Is there Out of anyone, like back to this impression I had of each other, <laughs> I would have thought, man, Braden Maynard would fucking hate me doing a podcast <laughs> and to find well, out never, that you actually listened to Well, it. I never actually ever really listened to podcasts Yeah, and I've been trying to find the right ones and I always go through obviously who's being interviewed and mm. I came along with Dylan Friends about a year or two ago, so sort of recent, yes. um, but- yeah, love the M. Murray one, the Chris Judd one. Um, obviously, Ned Brockman's one was mm. was huge. You've done two of them now, which yeah. is yeah. which is awesome. So, mate, big fan. Is there huge anything that fan. like you've taken? Because what's really funny is when I talk to people about the shows sometimes, and and this is again, this I'm trying to talk about this without talking about myself, but it's so interesting because sometimes like, I I run a lot with my brother-in-law, and we'll yeah. sort of debrief the episodes just because we're trying to learn from them. Especially yeah. something like M. Murray, there's so much shit in there. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes people pick up 
things that I didn't even pick up and then I pick up things that other people didn't pick yeah. up. Has any been like even from like an MR or, or Chris Judd episode or Ned Brockman episode that's actually like stuck out to you and you've been like you've you've taken something from it? Yeah. There's been a couple from M Murray's podcast about um, how to handle things and move on from things. But there was one thing I saw the other day because sometimes I could just be sitting there and I feel like this can be happening with a lot of people. You could be sitting there and you could just start to feel a little bit anxious mm. um, or whatever it may look like. But that one episode, was that another episode or no, what that was, was that? So that was like, was that I think that was a part B. There's part a part B, A, part right, B. Okay, yeah, so it yeah, might have been part B. It went B for like three hours, the chat. Yes, because I did see a sort of, teaching you what mm. to do when you start to become a little bit anxious or you start to overthink and it was standing there moving your head from side to side and you sort of get this big relief and you kind of like I couldn't believe it and I was doing it while watching yeah. you and Emma Murray doing it and um, it was quite amazing to see that something like that can have an impact but yeah big props to the show mate nah, big props you, it's um it's amazing to be on here no yeah, man I've, I've wanted you on for a long time if there was a message for so just say you're running your own you're running your own Braden Maynard episode right now and there's a question you'd want to be asked is there anything that you'd want to give advice on for yourself like what's like a, been a big lesson for you in life that if someone was listening that was a you know young bloke going fuck I absolutely love this guy see a lot of myself in him is there something that you'd always say to people or give advice on I guess not taking things for granted but at the same time when you, you, you when you are young like I was you, you don't really understand what's going on mm. you're young you're sort of becoming someone but you're hanging out with blokes that are fucking like 35 years old 35 28 that are a lot older than you and you sort of come into a program which is really professional when you're just you've fresh out of school fresh um there's a period there from when you finish school to when you get drafted where you sort of have nothing to do and mm. all you do is go out have fun do whatever you need to do but you sort of come into a program at the afl industry and you you go holy shit like it's happening and you kind of just forget why you're actually there and you do take it for granted so take nothing for granted and just really work hard at what you're doing and i definitely didn't i definitely didn't do that in the first couple of years of being at the club and then i got spoken to and then i really nailed a few things down and put some plans in place and I feel like I've learned a lot from my first couple of years but mm. um, definitely not taking anything for granted. It's a hard one isn't it because sometimes the biggest lessons like you can be told things but until you actually are in the situation you, exactly it's hard right. to learn. Like exactly right. How many times have we all heard don't take things for granted yeah. but until you actually, actually live it. You and live yeah, it. It's funny we have like past players come into yeah. Um, what we have in the last couple of years come into the club and actually spoken about how quick your career goes and I remember sitting there in my first, second, third year mm. and thinking, oh, oh, shut up, mate. Shut up. Like, yeah. who cares? But now I'm literally nine years into my career. Nine years? Nine years. And I'm thinking, I feel, I still feel like I'm in my third or fourth year. And it absolutely flies. But when you're living in the moment, when you're young and you don't realize what's happening around you and you're, you're taking everything for granted, um, it's like far out. Like, what's this guy talking about? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. And then you sort of get to this time now and you're like, shit. Like, it does time does fly it's not it's not around forever yeah look i've i've absolutely loved um every minute um and i've i've learned a lot mm, plenty more to go to man exactly have right. you set like are you a big goal setter or are you a, like a vision guy or anything not or you, really yeah. no i sort of just like to put in the work and whatever happens happens i mean i do like goal setting like there has been times in my career i've had to set goals with certain things but i'm not always setting goals yeah um, no it's i don't good. like putting a ceiling on things yeah uh, i feel like if you can just keep achieving 
things, putting in the work, um, getting better every day, as Fly talks about all the time, getting better every day. I feel like the outcome will come and then and then some. There was funny, I, I reference a lot of TikTok videos and I was yeah, going to say I heard I this quote, but it wasn't a TikTok video. It was, it, <laughs> sorry, it wasn't a quote, it was a TikTok video and it was from Bobby Lee. Do you know Bobby Lee? He's like a comedian. I've heard of Bobby Lee. Yeah, yeah so, so he's like this comedian on TikTok. I, I don't even know how I know him. But anyway, he was talking about this thing about setting goals and it was a massive thing for me because I'm not a big goal setter, but I always yeah. be like, I want to get here, I want to get yeah. here, I want, and be like very stringent on like what it is. And he said this awesome bit of advice that he once received was never set goals that are too focused. Yeah. So like always set goals like and be open to what else is around them. So you're like, don't be like, I want to do exactly this. It's like, yeah. I want to get here. Yep. but other shit comes on that time and you might miss it because you're so mm. focused on that one thing. So it's sort of yep. like knowing like, yeah, I want to get a flag wanting this, but there's other opportunities that come Absolutely. throughout the career, all those bits and pieces as yeah. well. And it's all the little one percenters that you're doing every day to yeah. actually achieve them. Where we're huge on sort of your nutrition, your sleep, and yeah. then your training. Like there, if you have the three main pillars and you're doing well in them, I feel like everything else will come. So yeah, I, I guess... Like, listen to me. I would never have been saying this stuff back in the day. It's but awesome, like, yeah, man. It's I have learned the maturity a lot, is incredible. So what are, What are you doing off field at the moment? Are you like do you do you keep busy outside of it? Do you do any study? Do you do any work? Like, yeah. Or? So I've never really been um, the bloke to go uni. Yeah. I hated school. Like I wasn't great in school. Yeah. I got up to a lot of mischief. Um, we can touch on that if you want, if you want a bit of content for the pod. But give us. Um, it. Are you happy to talk about it? Yeah, I'm, mate. I'm happy to talk about it. It's. It, it is a little bit fun, uh, full on, but it is quite funny at the same yeah. time. Like I was a bit of a, a bit of a rat back in school. Like I got in a lot of trouble, especially through sort of year six and seven. I was always because my family has always moved from Adelaide to Melbourne. We've moved multiple times. Mm. So I was never really settled into a certain school. So I was and I was going through sort of year seven, eight, nine, ten, and always moving schools. And I never really. F- knew what I was doing and what I was about and like in year seven I got suspended. You don't know who you are. I don't know who I was and I finally so when in year eight we got to Melbourne and that's when we settled at Dela um and in Melbourne but my brother would live away then my sister would live away my dad was commuting from Adelaide to Melbourne Melbourne Adelaide so our family was always never really together at once um and I was young and um, I guess that's what happens though. That's it's all a part of it. Um, and that was my life. But like in year seven, I was suspended 13 times and most of them were internally. So that's why I didn't get expelled. But I was always getting in fights at schools, punching blokes and like looking back now, I was thinking like, what the hell was I doing? And through sort of year seven um, and year eight, it wasn't that great. I moved from Adelaide to Melbourne in year eight, started going to school and then uh, at DLA and then Sort of through year nine, I started to go through a bit of a bad patch again. And this is where I'm not too sure if I should mention yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. but I will um, because it's all been learning curve for me. Like yeah. in, in year nine and 10, I was actually started graffitiing trains. <laughs> it sounds quite funny and you can laugh. I don't care, mate. Mate, don't. I, I, we've all been. We, you're not a, it's it's I, I, so embarrassing. I don't it's think so that um, you're a young bloke in Melbourne if you didn't yeah, um, yeah. go through a graffiti stage, <laughs> So I was graffitiing trains. Not that I did, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. I do sit back and I laugh about it and we always talk about it these days because I have come a long way, but I was graffitiing trains and then... One day I got too cocky and I actually graffitied this train and um, a funny little story I'll tell quickly. I, the next day I was actually at Dandenong Basketball Stadium with a few mates and I was getting all these messages as soon as we left and 
they were pretty much just saying, hey, mates, we've just been to the train line and on the Sandy, at Sandy Station, we've seen your face on Crime Stoppers. Oh, my God. And I was like, hang on, is this guy taking the piss here? Like, what's going on here? Anyway, so what me and my mate have done, my mates, we've gone from Daniel Basel Stadium and we've made our way to Elstonwick train station, which is on the Sandy line. Um, and I'm, I actually get nervous talking about it now. That's why I can actually sometimes stuff it up when I'm talking because it, it does bring back crazy memories about when I was going through this situation where I was trying to find out who I was mm. and I had no idea what was going on and I, I lent to graffiti on trains, riding on the back of trains and just being an absolute idiot. And anyway, I got to Elstonwick Station and there's a massive just board there with three huge photos of my head. And it says Crime Stoppers. If you know this person, please contact Crime Stoppers. And me and my friends have just looked at each other and I've just gone red, sweating profusely. And my mates have just started pissing themselves. Anyway, so what, what we've done, we've gone down to McDonald's, which is near Elstonwick Station, and just started chatting about what we should do. And being young idiots, I thought, the best option to do to try to disguise myself was going to the hairdresser and shaving my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone to the barber. I've shaved my head thinking I'd get away with it. Anyway, long story short, uh, my mum found out we had to go to the Rabbins train station, pretty much lag myself in. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Like I had nothing bad happened to me just to um, kick up the button. But that's, that's what was happening when I was young. Like I got so many kicks up the butt, but I mean, I would want it another way, but I did learn a lot from those situations. Yeah. But and you're not condoning, like we're obviously, obviously not condoning this baby, yeah. but I think it's a really important point to show like at that age, a lot of it's, it's really normal for kids to do that. And it's exactly how right. cool, man, for like people that are maybe young and, and yeah. worried about them to show, Hey, like you went through that now, but look where you are. Exactly. Here. Right. Yeah. Like what a cool story that could be for people. So I think that's oh, actually a part, like a part of it. Like, and yeah. Like I said, when I do touch on it, it, it is, it, it, does get, it does get me like a little bit worked up because yeah. I, can't, I can't believe like I would go and do this and I'd get a lot of fun out of it. And that's just what me and my friends did. But yeah, we were, we were young and we were learning and I literally had to learn the hardest way. Yeah. Having my head up on bloody Crime Stoppers and- they they say it doesn't actually get put down until you are found, um, and that's why I had to go in myself and lag myself in because oh they would never put it down. So um, yeah, mate, that's just a story for the pod. I um yeah, like I said, I get a bit weird when I talk about it, a little bit iffy. But yeah, because it, well, is, what it, it, is. it, it, it is, is what it is. You've grown up. You you regret obviously what you <laughs> what you've been through, and I think it's actually there is a hidden message in there somewhere that like um how cool to be like you can it's a bit of a crossroad in life like you yeah i've gone either way absolutely in, in people, say, people say you gotta live life with no regrets but far out like if you if you're doing that you're not learning right like yeah i regret doing that and i regret a lot of things i did when i was young but yeah like like i've said before like, it's the way you it's learn from you it. are now and, and what you're exactly doing. right yeah so yeah. no uni then yeah that's, that's where we were <laughs> <laughs> no uni. I so will, ne so I will never go to uni, but I am really happy with what I'm doing at the moment. I'm doing some stuff down at Waterbility. Yeah, but yeah. What are you doing um, with? I've seen some stuff on. Yeah, yes. so it's pretty much mentoring people with with disabilities. Yeah, one day a week, twice a week, however long you want. Yeah, um, whenever you want. It's 
up to them when you can go see them whenever they're free, whenever yep. you're free. You, you meet up on a day that you have free and you, you pretty much just go do fun activities, um, but you're pretty much a mentor for yep. um, kids adults with disabilities uh, ranging from autism down syndrome but i do get a lot out of it and we had a we had an amazing day last sunday down at amy park we had a day full of activities so that was great fun and that's what it's all about and they're doing a great job down there is that also like helping um people with disabilities getting into like the workforce and stuff as well like or is it more just a program it's, for- it's more of a program like yeah. they so the the boys that have run it are absolutely flying yeah. and it started in sydney and now it's made its way to melbourne and it's pretty much a program that you can sign up to and they sort of match you up with someone that they feel yeah, is like a mentor, the, right, yeah, sort of, yeah. the right match. And uh, you can sort of – because there's, there's some people living with uh, a really bad disability where they can't they can't walk, yeah, uh, can't talk. So they do match you up with the right person. Yeah. Um, but, mate, it's, it's such a great experience and you do um, look at it and you, you do smile at the end of the day because you do see the smiles on these kids' faces and um, it's quite amazing and it does put a massive smile on my face. So I love doing it. That's awesome, man. No, yeah. Props to you. That's great. And big shout out to Waterbility as well. If you want to get involved, I'm sure they'll have a, a website Absolutely. we can pop up for us out there. Hey, just quickly off the field as well, getting to know you a little bit more. Are you like really into candles or something? Candle. <laughs> I love my candles. I love my sprays, my bed sprays. Are you like an um, Aesop sort of man? Or like a, a, um, if you're like a diffuser got, and so stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, diffusers. Yeah, I've got a diffuser in my car. How good are diffusers? <laughs> diffusers are the best, but I do get um, quite a lot of shit given to me because I, I actually keep a diffuser in my car when they're meant for houses. So you get into my car and it's just like, whew. <laughs> just like really really potent you don't I'm, strike I'm, me as this sort yeah, of no, like, no, but I you am. actually do now that i like you're very clean cut handsome young man i am i oh you are yeah <laughs> not handsome i wouldn't say handsome but i'm very clean i um i pride myself on being clean and sometimes if i if i see something that's on the ground that hasn't been picked up i will pick it up and put it in the bin even really? if it's on the street um even if it's a a, uh, a a jimmy or a uh, carlton draft bottle i will pick it up and put it in the bin because i hate walking walking past. past shit and it's not in the bin and i guess that's something i go by like the standard you walk past is the standard uh the standard you accept so yeah everything uh, i walk past and it's on the ground like i'm gonna pick it up and put mm. it in the bin like I, I don't why i don't know why people don't do that as well but yeah it is what it is and what's I am that a bit like of a clean at the footy club then with no the, the footy club's actually changed a lot yeah. in terms of leaving shit around i mean that the kitchen um oh, mate, the kitchen, the kitchen here t- we talk about it every fu- mate, yeah. that doesn't i swear that's <laughs> one thing that we can all in the world agree on is like yeah. every workplace kitchen is fucked yeah i mean the kitchen the kitchen's not too bad it's just sometimes people can leave their stuff and it's just like you no know, wash dry put away that's mm. all you need to do i'm probably the worst culprit of it but so. the other day we like have knives forks and spoons and the other we we lost all the forks i don't know like where, where people are taking these fucking forks where, like yeah god fucking hell sure maybe mm. yeah um <laughs> wow that was that's an all-time low nice woody what is that so color plane um, the boys down, oh, there's a few boys at Collingwood, or Tom Wilson, um, and a few of his oh, best mates. Oh, a few mates. Collingwood boys made the brand. Nah, it's, well, Tom Wilson, it's yeah. his brand, and a few of his best mates' brand. So yeah. shout out to them. They're yeah, going well, they really just well. like oversized hoodies and stuff. Oversized hoodies. Uh, they do bulk merch. Um, yeah. So yeah, treat yourself color plain. I think the stores are opening, or well, not stores, online. 
shopping's opening up in a oh, couple of weeks. So. That's elite. Yeah, they're very yeah, cool. Yeah, they're going really, really well. Yeah, well, I'm wearing push pool today, if anyone was wondering. And push the boys are Vinny really and George well. and Ed, yeah, the wow. boys, they're just killing it. They're they on. are killing it. We're, we're st- stay tuned, actually. A little breather. We're doing a little Dylan Friends push pool collaboration coming wow. very soon, That's too, big. which we'll, we'll, we'll get you in some of those big, big shoulders. I like to sort of give some suggestions on the way out of just bits and pieces yep. are you a movie music podcast sort of man besides anything else like what are you sort of watching listening and I'm, reading I'm, I'm in the White Lotus at the moment yeah but it, it's weird like I, I'm hit and miss with it um, first season I got through yeah it's it's different it's really different but I do like it uh, but I'm not really big with yeah TV shows really because uh, I do just tend to watch them and then fall asleep so. yeah uh, music love music I'm really big into my music. Uh, I'm normally the one that's on the ox at the club. Are you the ox man? I am the ox man. Yeah, wow, um, I love my role. music. I, I spend a lot of time on SoundCloud, Apple Music, finding new music, mixtapes. Um, and that's why I don't that know really why I haven't really got into my – this might sound pretty funny, but I'm not too sure why I haven't gotten into um, DJing. Like do you I, like I, that sort of like – Yeah, I do. I do like DJing. Um, and I tried to do it a couple years ago, but – I wasn't that great, so I've sort of, I've sort of realised that it's probably not for me. But I do love music. Yeah. Um, would you buy decks? Like do a lot of no, people buy decks I now I just think to I mix would. with at home. I don't think I would buy decks, but like the whole, it's like how you produce music really makes me um, wonder, and it's really interesting, like how they make their songs. So you're actually into like songs. sort of like that deep house. Sort yeah, of tech, like, yeah, so like all that Fred kind again of stuff. and yeah, that, yeah. Is that sort yeah, of what, how about that guy? At the yeah, that's man, no, Fred again, again, again. But um, yeah, Fred again, again, again. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the near future, I'd do something with that. But I'm just, uh, I'm liking sticking to the ox court at the yeah, club yeah. for now. Yeah, the ox court's good. <laughs> um, that's huge, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate today, bro. That's been, that's right. it's been, um, it's been real. No, I really, really appreciate getting to know you. You're an absolute star, as I said. One of my favorite players and in the comp. Love the way you go about it. Respect the way you go. I actually just really can't wait to see how. How it goes this year with the pies and yeah. even with you with the number four in the back, man. I'm really excited for it all. I'm looking forward to it. No, thanks for having me on today. It's it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's a true honor. Welcome it's anytime, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, bro. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. Iliaxx. <laughs>